Grace to you and peace from God the Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God which we will consider this evening is found recorded in Psalm 34. And there we read verses 4 through 8 and also verses 17 through 22 as follows in Jesus' name. I sought the Lord and he answered me. From all my terrors he delivered me. His people look to him and are radiant and their faces will never blush. This poor man called and the Lord heard. From all his distress the Lord saved him. The angel of the Lord camps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is everyone who takes refuge in him. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears. From all their distress he delivers them. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He saves those whose spirits have been crushed. Many are the troubles of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He watches over all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. Those who hate the righteous will be found guilty. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants. Anyone who takes refuge in him will not be found guilty. These are the words. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, dear fellow redeemed, our sermon series for the midweek Lenten services this year is Psalms of the Passion. Through uh, tonight and in the weeks to come, we'll be looking at how our Lord's suffering and death for our salvation had been foretold centuries earlier by King David and the other inspired psalm writers. So this evening we'll look together at these verses from Psalm 34, and in doing so, let us find refuge in the Lord. Psalm 34 speaks to the time when David was on the run, living like a fugitive. He had been appointed by the Lord to be the new king of Israel, replacing the original first king, Saul. But Saul, in his vicious jealousy, would not tolerate any competitor to the throne, and so he sought to kill David. In the process of escaping from Saul, David unwisely fled to the most dangerous place he could ever have gone. David went to Gath, the capital city of the Philistines, Israel's long-standing, most bitter enemy. David's killing of the Philistine giant warrior Goliath had occurred just a few years before this. And that incident, of course, was well known and fully remembered among the people of Philistia. And in fact, Gath, the city, was the hometown of Goliath. And so the expression, out of the frying pan and into the fire, comes to mind. 
David's presence in the city of Gath was reported to the Philistine king Abimelech so that his life was again in further jeopardy in the very place he had sought refuge. In order to escape now from the Philistines, David stooped to pretending that he had gone insane. And in this way, he was not taken into custody, not tortured, not executed. Rather, he was brought to the border and again was able to return to Israel. Now in Psalm 34, David recounts how it was the Lord who rescued him from these two different kings who both wanted to capture him and kill him. He said, I sought the Lord and he answered me. This poor man called and the Lord heard from all his distress, the Lord saved him. Psalm 34 is considered to be unique and interesting, not just because of this unusual manner by which David escaped from Philistia, that is by acting as though he had become mentally deranged, but also this psalm contains near the close of it an interesting statement. We read, many are the troubles of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He watches over his bones. Not one of them will be broken. In these words about unbroken bones, we see a prophecy which was fulfilled and described by the Apostle John in chapter 19 of his gospel account. There John tells us that on Good Friday, in order to make certain that the two criminals who were being crucified on either side of Jesus would die more quickly, the soldiers broke their legs. And then without that support coming from their legs, their hearts and their lungs would have to work all the harder and their suffocation to death would occur sooner. But, John tells us, when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. And by not doing that, John says, these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled, not one of his bones shall be broken. The very thing that was promised about the righteous one in Psalm 34. Now, why was that matter of the unbroken bones so important, so crucial in the account of Jesus' death and resurrection? Remember that Jesus was crucified in Jerusalem at the very time the people there were celebrating the Passover, that event when the Jewish people were released from their 400 years of slavery in Egypt. Remember also that the central feature and activity of the Passover miracle was the slaughter of a perfect unblemished lamb whose blood was to be smeared upon the doors and the window sills of their homes. The promise was given that the power of death as it moved through the land of Egypt, seeing the blood in those places, the blood of the Lamb, that power would literally pass over those who lived there. 
the lamb slaughtered for the people and for their freedom from slavery in Egypt is really a picture for us, foretelling of Jesus, who is rightly called the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. When God told the people how to prepare that lamb for eating it, he said, it shall be eaten in one house and you shall not break any of its bones. You shall not break any of its bones. This refers to the purity of the sacrifice that was offered up to the Lord in Egypt just before the exodus of his people. There's a real significance in the fact that those lambs who were slaughtered prior to the Passover event had no broken bones, no blemishes, no flaws at all. So what does this mean now for us? We who live so long after the time of King David, so long after the time of our Lord's suffering and death. It means that the eyes of the Lord watch over the righteous, his ears listen to their cry. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears. From all their distress, he delivers them. Many are the troubles of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He watches over all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked. Those who hate the righteous will be found guilty. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants. Anyone who takes refuge in him will not be found guilty. Notice the defining word in those verses which describe Christian believers. The word is righteous. In Jesus Christ, our sinless sacrifice we are counted as being righteous in God's sight. We are counted as being God's own children. And we are always being watched by him, heard by him, protected by him. Through all the trouble and the danger that he faced in his life, righteous David could say, I sought the Lord and he answered me. From all my terrors he delivered me. This poor man called and the Lord heard. From all his distress, the Lord saved him. So you and I also are invited to think about our lives and to catalog along the way all the troubles that we have faced or experienced. We're invited to see how the Lord always, in our case too, comes to our rescue, taking away our fear by promising to stay with us through it all and to strengthen us every step of the way. And so David invites us here, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is everyone who takes refuge in him. Those who fear him lack nothing. The Lord guards all of our bones. And this that phrase surely points to Jesus and to his purity, which serves to replace the impurity of our own sinful lives. He, the innocent one, has given up his own perfect, un un unblemished life on behalf of all the guilty ones. Not one of them is broken. This does not mean that you and I will never experience any sort of 
physical injury, including a broken arm, broken ribs, broken legs, a broken hip. It does mean, though, that despite all the pain and the fear that enters into our lives, we will never be undone or injured forever and fatally because of our faithful Savior whose death has wrecked death and has made it to be rather the avenue of the righteous by which we walk unhindered into heaven when we die. And so the greatest gift that God invites us to experience is this gift of salvation, one for us, by our Lord Jesus, whose death on the cross has fulfilled all of the prophecies, all of the promises given about him, including that as the perfect sacrifice of atonement, his bones were not broken. Rather, once again, what did John the Apostle record in his witness of Jesus' crucifixion? He wrote, so the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man who was crucified with Jesus and then those of the other man. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. Immediately, blood and water came out. Now what comes to us is free and full forgiveness of all of our sins, salvation from the punishment of hell, and that's distributed and brought to us in the water of our baptism and in the blood and the body of Christ served to us with the bread and the wine in Holy Communion. By these means of grace, faith in Jesus as our true and only Savior is created. And through the working of the Holy Spirit, that faith is sustained in us throughout life. Like King David and all of God's believers, let you and me always find our refuge in the Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, never shall be, forevermore. Amen.